Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom in their journeys that will help you through moving from fear to fear. Fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host, as always. And today, our quote is by Mahatma Gandhi. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And you're going to know very shortly why I chose that quote for today. We have an amazing and very generous guest with us today, Shelley Vassar-Gilliam. CMP SCPC is the principal of Vassar-Gilliam LLC, a boutique consulting firm that collaborates with philanthropic organizations and companies to raise awareness for their work, develop corporate support, and bridge the gap between resources that they currently have and what they need to fully execute on their mission. Isn't that fantastic? Shelly is an active member of Meeting Professionals and International, which is MPI, and currently serves as the Potomac uh, Chapter's immediate past president. And one of Shelly's greatest accomplishments is as a concept to production team leader for an ecumenical community food distribution program that serves more than 5,000 people annually. We have so much to talk to Shelly about, but let's bring her on. Hey, Shelly, how are you? Hey, Heather. It is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so very much for allowing me to share on your podcast and this platform. I uh, am truly grateful. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm grateful that you accepted because when we chatted last time, I was like, oh, Mm-hmm. Shelly's got some nuggets, some things that my <laughs> listeners want to know about. Now, when we were chatting, we were talking about how much you love storytelling. So I would like for you to tell a story to our listeners about your journey. Tell us a little bit more. What didn't I get in that bio for you? Wow. Uh, yes, absolutely. So my journey started, I'll just say many years ago, by me taking a step to volunteer. Mm-hmm. I uh, was in college at the time, a junior in college, and I wanted to help with the grand reopening of the student center. Uh, my alma mater is Virginia Tech. And at the time, the student center had been closed for about three years for renovations. I was a rising senior, of course, and uh, was really excited about the reopening of the student center and and all the activities that would be planned there. And I wanted to be involved and I had served on the homecoming committee. So I walked into the office of the only person I really knew, uh, the advisor of the homecoming committee, and she pointed me down the hall uh, to someone else. Um, And that person, uh, her name is Clarissa. Mm -hmm. She invited me in her office. I I told her that I was there to volunteer on the grand reopening of the student center and how excited I was. And I used all the energy and passion I could as a junior in college. And she said, come on in, sit down, talk to me. And uh, of course, being on a university campus, you refer to everyone as doctor. At that point, she didn't have her PhD, but she subsequently did get it a few years later. And so I spoke with her and by the we we must have talked nearly an hour. I mean, I interrupted this woman's day. And at the end, she said, you know, I could use your help. Yes, but do you need a job? Oh. And I looked at her and I said, 
well, um, with all the hesitancy you still hear in my voice now, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not really sure about that. I just wanted to volunteer, and she said, "I tell you what, you go home and you think about it, and call me this summer." And so time went on. That was the spring semester. I reached out to her that summer and I said, indeed, I would like to come work uh, with and for you. Mm -hmm. And she says, okay. And we worked out a date and I started working there and became the first student as this, in that office as, as the uh, student center reopened. And I got to train all the other students awesome. and work with uh, the events on campus, the university mm -hmm. departments on campus. And that's how I got my start. That mm -hmm. woman who so kindly allowed me to interrupt her day uh, named Dr. Clarissa Morton is my mentor and has been uh, ever since I worked for her. Uh -huh. And uh, I, she was just so generous with her time and she continues to be, uh, she continued her time in, in higher education uh, as well. And uh, yeah, I, I, that, I that's the that. story and that's how I started. And I that's subsequently um, left there uh, after graduating and then returned for three more years mm -hmm. to work for her and then left uh, again and moved uh, to the DC area, which is where I reside now. That was very hard because I did not want to leave her. Mm. I, uh, we, I I just saw her last month and, and um, there are times when I've said to her, you know, if you could have been in any major city or another city other than where Blacksburg, uh, Blacksburg is where Virginia Tech is located, I probably would still be working for you today. And so we joke about that. Uh, but that's how I got started. Uh, I so love that. Ago. I love the story. I love um, hearing about the mentorship. But you know what also with her is that she saw something in you and was like, okay, this is what I want. The I, and you know we all see it too. Well, not those of who, us who are listening with um, audio right now, but you can feel Shelley's energy, her passion, her commitment, and uh, when you can see that. And I've seen this on in other weird scenarios. Like let's say you're you're eating out and you just see something different about mm -hmm. the the wait staff this particular person and you're like hey have you ever thought of doing this it just sparks something for them right so making those connections for people and the fact that you are still connected to her that she's still your mentor today just shows the power of those relationships that's incredible right. now when you then moved into DC you went into the meeting and events industry. Tell us a little bit about that, what attracted you to it, and then later to nonprofits and philanthropic work. Sure. And I um, started, uh, of course, as I said, at Virginia Tech, planning meetings and events for the university. Uh, to sum it up, we, we used to say we uh, were responsible for everything from commencement to concerts. <laughs> Our office handled everything from commencement to concerts. And it was a fun time. And as uh, you just heard me share, I worked my senior year in college as well as three years after I graduated uh, mm -hmm. for that office. So that was really the start of my career. When I moved to uh, the D.C. 
DC area, I became a planner for an association. And then I hopped to the supplier side. My whole career, I've reinvented myself over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So you'll, if, if you were to look at my entire uh, career track, you'd see I was a planner at one point for an association. Then I became a supplier uh, for a cruise line here in, in the area, the spirit of Washington. I went into food and beverage or what we call F&B for the restaurant uh, industry or in the restaurant industry doing catering and private parties. I jumped back over to the supplier side and I worked for conference a conference center and a hotel company and represented the brand. Um, and then I went into nonprofit work. And in my nonprofit uh, work, again, reinventing myself yet again and using all those transferable skills that um, I had acquired by that point, I worked for a shelter in uh, the DC area, beloved shelter program that also offered uh, education uh, to its residents. And I was the development director. I was responsible for bringing in money to the shelter and keeping the doors open so that people who were in vulnerable situations, no matter their reason for becoming homeless, that they were, uh, they, they received the support that they needed. And so my job as director of development and strategic alliances was to bring in as much in resources as I could. Mm. And after that, I realized that there was a goal that I set for myself way back when, and I gave myself a 15 year window. I mean, that was some Whoa, kind of- Whoa, what a planner I you are. <laughs> And that goal was to launch my own event management business. And it had been uh, by that point, approximately a little over 15 years. And I thought, I've got to do this. So I completed my work at the shelter and the nonprofit with all of that experience, grant writing, proposal writing, uh, relationship building, donor cultivation, all of those things, including my sales background, my food and beverage background, my event management and production background. And I started my own business. And two months later, the market crashed and we were headed into a great recession. Mm. So that is one of the reasons why I am particularly um, glad to be speaking with you today, because when we talk about from fear to fire, mm-hmm. I could have, even though we, we all remember what was happening back then, I could have easily turned, turned back and said, you know what, I think I'm going to just find something to do uh, in, in the corporate world. You know, if someone will hire me at this point, even though we were shedding thousands, hundreds of thousands of jobs uh, each month, but I didn't. I didn't. It was a little tough at first, but I didn't. I, I didn't turn back. I I started to um, to work on a contract, mm-hmm. and I did that for about three months, and then I had a four month gap. Again, all this is occurring during the the Great Recession, and I'm grateful because my husband was extremely supportive and still is to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't have him, uh, I think you know certainly things would have been much more challenging, and I probably would have turned. Uh, back to to uh, doing some other type of work uh, in you know in corporately, but but I did I, I continued consulting and continued consulting after that four month 
you know, break and, and trying to find something. And then contracts started to line up, even though um, the country economically, we, you know, were still struggling for, for several years after that. There, there were still opportunities for, for contracts and consulting opportunities to line up for my business. Mm-hmm. And again, remaining grateful and continuing to spread the word just by word of mouth, not a huge marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I took on clients that were nonprofits, small nonprofits, larger organizations, helping them uh, achieve their mission and bring more resources to their organizations. I helped a nonprofit Uh, that uh, worked with women and children who were uh, survivors of domestic violence and abuse uh, to help provide stability through my grant writing experience and and helping the um, interim uh, interim executive director as as I was the uh, interim development director just for about seven months to help them during that time. So really grateful for all of the clients that I've served. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the that's the key here is how we serve how we serve and you know what this is the lead in Shelly and I didn't even pay you for it so (laughs) I want to talk for a moment about that service about that servant leadership about that feeling that you that you get inside of your heart when you're doing good in the world Um, and I can hear it when you're talking about you know what you did to help these people and so um, let's talk about humanity for a moment because I do have a a um, a strong desire to help people reconnect to their humanity and to how they show up interacting with other people and how we can use our um, abilities, our gratitude, um, our gifts to be able to um, help people and, and connect differently. And that's what's so needed right now. So what does humanity mean to you? And um, what advice do you have for anyone out there who is seeking to expand a little bit of that in the business world? Humanity uh, to me um, means all of us. It's made up of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are humanity and, and, and we have to see each other in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather, you and I make up humanity, our families, our friends, our extended circles, we all make up humanity. And if we see one another as people, Mm-hmm. And not them and they and those folks over there, mm-hmm. uh, and, and 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 get away from dissecting and and more to bringing people together. Mm-hmm. Because when we do that, to your point, we all have gifts and skills and abilities and differing abilities as mm-hmm. well that matter, yeah. right? And when we bring people together in a collective in that way. And we recognize the diversity of gifts. And I realize that that's biblical. Uh, my foundation, my very foundation, just for uh, all the listeners out there, uh, is Christian based. But I embrace everyone. Mm-hmm. And when we embrace and see the diversity in ourselves and in others, we realize that if we all work together um, as humans, as people on this earth, we can serve each other better. Yeah. And so that that's a, maybe an extended mm-hmm. um, definition, but that's what it really means to me. My very existence here is not just to exist. Um, I've heard some of your other uh, podcast uh, speakers um, and, and I just so identified, I think it was Rich Alderton. Yeah. My, my existence on this earth or the reason why I'm on this earth is not 
to just exist and just to kind of you know pop up every morning um, and 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 go after what I want to do. It's to serve others, and when we serve others, we realize that we empower people. We positively influence them. We serve them. We give them confidence. We pour into them in such a way that even sometimes I think we're not um, we're not conscious of. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes we'll have every people. day those ripple yeah. effects that we never yeah. know about. But when you keep showing up from that state. Oh, beautiful things happen. Oh, thank you so much, Shelly. I know that you do it. So thank you for sharing it with our listeners today. I'm going to take a little shift back to the from fear to fire topic. And that has to do with, did you ever have the feeling that maybe you were going to fail at something that you were trying? Or was there a time that you had a fear of failing? Yes, uh, several times during my business, because again, I started a business during a recession, a, a pretty, you know, tough time as we, uh, many of us, all of us, hopefully that are listening to this podcast, many of us will remember. Mm-hmm. There were several times when I thought that I would fail. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, but for grit and perseverance, yeah. Um, certainly a lot of tears, a yeah. lot of why is this happening? I, I don't understand, you know, why, and, you know, questioning and things like that. But really continuing to do what I said I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And now it's been since I officially launched, it's been uh, it's been 12 years unofficially because yeah. I spent two and a half years just thinking about a name. And <laughs> <working>. <laughs> yeah, don't ever do that. Uh, for all the <laughs> don't, don't spend two and a half years thinking about a name and have your mother come back and say, just do it, Shelly. Yes. Like, just, you know, move forward with it. And as a, a friend of mine, Dr. Helen would say, uh, lean all in. Uh, is what I should have done. And so unofficially, two and a half years as an independent contractor, officially 12 years under the umbrella of of my company name. So I would encourage people to, if there is a dream, if there is a thought, if there's an idea, if there is something you want to pursue, Mm -hmm. someone whom I admire, uh, president and CEO of an organization out in San Diego, uh, Julie Coker says, take the shot. Yeah. Take the shot. That, that was, that resonated with me when I heard her uh, say that uh, several months ago, it is absolutely true. I would encourage all your listeners, whatever their, their dream is, whatever their thought is, whatever epiphany it is, as long as there's a plan and a purpose behind it, uh, for, for, for what you want to do, take the shot. Take the shot. I love it. That's fantastic advice. Now, I hope you don't mind, but I'm remembering back to a conversation that we had, and I wanted to share something that I think will surprise our listeners. You mentioned to me that at one point you were, you had a fear of speaking and people are probably like, what? She's great at it. What are you talking about? So can you share how you overcame that? 
Yes, thank you for bringing this up. I was, <laughs> I was afraid you were going to yell at me for bringing it. <laughs> no, I'm thrilled that you brought this up because this is how I think that I can help people the most right now. When I talk about reinventing myself, so you heard about some of the other reinventions, yeah. this is going to be the next one. I absolutely believe it will. And that is speaking and writing. So there are two sort of parallel stories. Mm-hmm. Briefly, uh, when I was a, a younger person, a teenager, let's let's say, and, and all while growing up, I had a, a sincere um, and a deep fear of speaking in front of groups uh, and on stage. I had stage fright. Uh, I, I had the opportunity through a pageant and some other times to speak in front of groups and on stage, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't speak at church without melting down. I couldn't speak in front of people. I couldn't speak on a stage. It was very difficult for me. I went to college um, and uh, well, what you should know is that in high school, my English teacher was the head of the English department. She was very hard on us. Um, in our home, we always had to use uh, correct grammar, appropriate grammar. We looked everything up. Um, so, so there was that. When I got to college though, which there was an essay required to get into college, uh, my, mind you, I went to the English professor or TA for a little bit of additional help at that time. And uh, I don't remember which one it was, the professor or the TA, but they said something that resonated, unfortunately, with me for a very long time. And it caused me not to write any longer. This is why words matter. And it is to the point of speaking. This person said to me, I don't know where you learned how to write, but your writing is awful. And I still remember that today in my adult, you know, uh, my adult age here. Mm-hmm. And and that just stuck with me. And so I didn't write for many, many, many years until someone asked me at one point, would you write an article for MPI? Mm-hmm. And I said, mm, okay, maybe. And I've been writing ever since. To go back and pick up speaking, fast forward, I had an opportunity. Someone asked me to serve on a panel. Mm-hmm. with MPI. And I was a little petrified at first. <laughs> and I didn't know how I was going to do this. We were going to have a room of up to about 250 people. And I thought, whoa, okay. And we're on the big stage here. But a friend of mine, Sonia Aranza, who is a global speaker, super professional, has been doing it for you know many, many years, decades. She's, she gave me a, a tip and a tactic to use that I've employed ever since then for whenever I need to speak. And simply it's about rehearsing Mm. and standing on the stage before anyone else gets there. And so I did that that day that I had to speak on that panel and I had two other people on the panel, but I I still thought, oh, this, I'm not really sure of how this is gonna go. And I took the time during rehearsal, stood on the stage, felt very comfortable. When it came time, when our names were called, Mm -hmm. I walked to that stage in full confidence. And I sat there as authentically as I could. Mm -hmm. I spoke to people directly. Um, I looked them in the eye. I was um, calm, I felt good, I shared, people in the audience shared, it was so good. So much so that two professional speakers who were seated at the front table (laughs) 
in the audience when we got off the stage and after the event, they looked at us and they said, you all are awesome. And I also had several people, and I know my colleagues did too, mm -hmm. that came to me and said, Shelly, you did such a wonderful job. Never knowing my story, never yes. knowing my story, mm -hmm. e either story, the speaking or the writing part. Yeah. So fast forward, as I reinvent myself and my business, I am looking at those opportunities because as we get back to serving, mm -hmm. I believe I can help others mm -hmm. by speaking and showing them what it means when you use your words and your passion appropriately, right? When mm -hmm. you're present. And I had that opportunity as the president of MPI. I was able, I spoke on stages. I, mm -hmm. I spoke from, from, you know, a ballroom to a theater and concert stage to most recently in a personal way, my friend's memorial service. Mm -hmm. Remember when I said I would melt mm -hmm. down in front of the church when I was asked to speak? Yeah. I spoke at my friend's memorial service without melting down and also had people approach me mm -hmm. who shared how much they appreciated my reflection of my friend. That's amazing that I would even be able to do that, especially at that type of oh sure there's so much emotion involved you know i'm hearing so much here but i want to point out two specific things one is the power of our words mm -hmm. you know when to be to be aware and not just flippant when we have something like not having a filter and just letting something come out to be aware of how we're showing up with someone and how our words could potentially impact them because you had both in your story. You had mm -hmm. someone who gave you negative feedback that probably was not thinking at all as, as to how much that was going to hold you back. But then also you had how many people give you that positive feedback that helped to lift you and encourage you moving forward. So we get to choose who we are for the people that we interact with. Do we want to be the person who is holding someone down or lifting someone up? So I love that part of your story, but also, I mean, I'm feeling like you were able to step into your skills, your, your gifts because of something that was bigger than you. I mean, mm -hmm. the stories included you being asked to write and to speak mm -hmm. for an organization, a nonprofit that meant something to you, an industry organization. And so it was bigger than you. And sometimes we can do things that we never thought were possible for ourselves, yeah. but we can do these things because we believe in the bigger purpose, which is another part of your story that I just absolutely adored. I, you know, you have so many great um, insights for our listeners today. And this time, oh my gosh, this time is absolutely flying by. You know, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that our listeners are wondering, hey, you know, I want to hear more from Shelly. So is there a way that they can connect with you? Anything else that you'd like to share with them about, uh, you know, anything you'd like to share about your business or where you might be coming up in another speaking engagement, anything like that? Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much. And I, I just want to add um, also back to your point, you know, when we think about speaking and writing, and I also love to edit, but they kind of go together. Before you can speak, you must know what you're going to say mm -hmm. and the purpose of what you're going to say. Yeah. So I've written scripts. 
for myself and others. I've written grants Mm -hmm. to help support people, others, right? Uh, People who uh, were, were part of the organization. But I've also done done certain things for myself where I've had to write in mm-hmm. order to speak. Mm-hmm. So I want folks to know that in you, as you talk about something bigger than myself, you know, speaking, writing, editing. Yes, there's something big in there. And I'm waiting for, for anyone who wants to come along and talk to me about that. And you can always find me. Your listeners can find me on LinkedIn. That is my uh, primary and preferred mm-hmm. uh, source and resource is LinkedIn. And you can find me there, Shelly Vassar Gilliam. Uh, I think it we'll also put we'll put a link for those of you who yeah. are trying to figure out how to spell Shelly's name. We'll put a link <laughs> for you into the show notes to make it super easy for you to get to her LinkedIn profile. As she's been amazing. I think we I reached out to you on on LinkedIn. Um, so it's a great place to connect. So we'll make sure that now. Do you have you've already given us so much? Do you have any final parting words of wisdom that you want to make sure that you give our listeners today? Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, and yes. Okay. <laughs> I've got, and, and I, I I hope that you'll be so kind as to maybe even let me um, say a couple of things. So sure. one, um, very importantly for all the, the leaders out there, um, as a leader, uh, your job is to listen to learn. And the good news is leadership starts with L. I love alliteration. I won't give it all to you today, but listen to learn as leaders, be empathetic. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to be authentic. You make deliberate decisions. Uh, You have to come at it with all the energy and and be the example Mm -hmm. that you absolutely need to be. And you you must be responsible, uh, relatable, reliable, and resilient and Mm. that spells leader Mm -hmm. and so i just want to i want to leave that with you so that's one nugget love Uh, that yes yes the other thing that i'd like to share is when you're in leadership or at any time what i would um, absolutely want to share with your listeners is that know your sources um, of strength Mm. and your resources for support I'll say it one more time. Know your sources of strength and your resources for support. Mm. You're going to need both. Yes. And you you, you absolutely want to make sure um, that you know those things. Um, I think one more thing, and uh, I'll, I'll quote Mary Poppins here. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you don't mind, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a few Mary Poppins uh, quotes today or never. Mm. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins said that. Um, uh, And also that everything is possible. Uh, My friend whom I mentioned, uh, whose memorial service I spoke at, she used to tell me, Shelly, anything is possible. Mm. She's right. And one last thing, again, Mary Poppins, um, is sometimes we can be too focused on where we've been to know where we where we're going yeah and i want all of us no matter what you've been through and where where you've been and what's happened or what's occurred to have that tenacity Mm. that fortitude to persevere 
to get through whatever it is. We've all been through things mm -hmm. and we'll continue as long as we're here serving, not yeah. existing, serving. We're going to go through things. And so I want you all to have that fortitude to press on and persevere. Mm. Shelly, you're making it very hard for me to choose one for the, the quote for you. So I'm going to, I'm going to, there's going to be all of this great stuff in the show notes, everyone. And, you know, I have, um, I have a feeling there are some people out there that, you know, listeners who would love to hear this. So please share it out, share it with your friends, leave us a review. We really appreciate those. And you know what I appreciate? I appreciate you coming on here, Shelly, and sharing your wisdom today. Thank you so much. And thank you. I appreciate this time.